Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next. And this is a special best match ever. Yes, it is. We haven't done one of these for a while. And uh, we uh, have our friend W.H. Park with us right now. W.H. Park in the house. I'm the first post-wrestling adjacent person in your new tower, the BDE Tower. That is right. The yeah. beautiful skyline of downtown Toronto. <laughs> I was saying to Davey earlier when he met me to bring me up here that this is the deepest I've been to, into Tor- downtown Toronto yeah. since moving back to Canada. Wow. So You're getting a whole tour. I'm getting like the best part of downtown Toronto, the new home of Up Next. You've heard you the guys. best part of downtown Toronto is right here. In the BDE2. In the BDE2. Yes. Uh, we're all hanging out tonight because uh, the government told us we can't. So, uh, no, the government said we can now. They said soon, five people. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, five people. We've five got, people. And we've axed. Yeah. So, uh, Pfizer? F- Pfizer gang? Pfizer gang. All right. This Moderna, it's pretty good. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's still good. I have a Samsung as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to it. Uh, this is a, a show we, we are putting together here uh, because we've done some shows with UWH, uh, Post Wrestling Universe. Listen to, to all of your shows. Uh, covering you, you, you're the Japanese wrestling expert to me. That's that's if I need something to know something, I go to you and I, and I ask you. And this is this is kind of why we're like, well, this kind of is a perfect little perfect storm here because uh, we're all wrestling fans. We've covered all sorts of stuff on the Patreon. We do best match ever covering match types and certain wrestlers and stuff. And uh, we we decided that we did a free show. Um, a little while ago, maybe that this was one of the last ones for someone specific. Mm. It was uh, because of the passing of Brody Lee that we did a best match ever, and we were like, 
we're just putting it out for the people. This is how we can honor this guy. And, well, the reason we're here tonight is because uh, a year ago this weekend uh, is the one-year anniversary of the uh, unfortunate passing of Hannah Kimura. Yeah. Um, Hannah Kimura is someone that I hadn't watched a whole bunch of. I did that Cinderella tournament with you last year, WH, and kind of she was definitely – I think she – she had a draw in that tournament, if I remember, and she had like a, a great match and she was definitely someone that stood out to me. And then listening to like John and Way talk about, or Way specifically talk about Terrace House. And stuff. Yes. And then obviously a year ago, all the uh, horrible news came out about her uh, taking her own life um, due to kind of cyberbullying and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, real, it's really a, it's a sad really story. It's really sad. Um, but a year's passed since then, and I think it's a nice opportunity to kind of, for you and I, Brayden, like actually learn a bit more about Hannah Kimura and yes. see some of her matches. And WH, you're, you were saying earlier off air, you've pretty much seen her whole career. Yeah, for, from like kind of like the, the ascension of her mm. to like becoming a main event player in, in stardom and in wrestling in general. Um, like one of the I think big tragedies besides like she, she died at such a young age mm. 22 22 years old years old and and that's the biggest shame of all that someone so young died for the reasons that she died but also like as a wrestling fan like like you could tell that she was gonna be something huge in wrestling yeah. in Japan and I think worldwide I think you know the, the parent company of stardom the company that she worked for Bushi Road which is also the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, what is is like was very much behind her. Like she was going to yeah. be their big one of their big stars, along with Mayu Iwatani, Julia, and at the time Arisa Hoshiki, who has since retired from from wrestling. But those four were the were the participants in the the dark match for Wrestle Kingdom at the That's Tokyo right. Dome. That's right. Uh, and MSG, we went to Ring of Honor, the Supercard of Honor, the New Japan one in New York at MSG, and. We were uh, too busy getting drinks. We missed her match. We yes. never got to see her yeah. match. We never got to see her live, even though we were at that show, unfortunately. But, yeah. One thing, like, I, I kind of feel sorry for you guys in a sense because, like, one thing that really translates well with her live, and I can say this because I've seen her live in, like, yeah. so many different venues, is that her charisma in person is was just, like, outstanding. And I saw her in different phases of her career yeah. where she's like a tag wrestler and kind of like underneath certain other wrestlers in the faction that she's in. And then to becoming the leader of her own faction and obviously someone who's being groomed to be, okay, you're going to be one of our top players in stardom. So it was interesting to see that evolution of her career and her character and her look and just, but the one constant that I found was like just her charisma was just always present. Yeah, stands out. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So we have this show called Best Match Ever, where we normally look at around sort of five, six matches, um, whether it be a, a wrestler, a certain rivalry, match types, pay-per-views. We've done all sorts. We've Hell in a Cell, sorts. all sorts of different ones. But we thought this is the best way we could uh, honor Absolutely. the late Hannah Kimura. So that's, in fact, what we're going to do. Uh, I find wrestling in general is is like movies. It's like music. And it's all there's different genres and there's different subgenres. There's American pro wrestling with your favorite, WH. Uh, and then there's like Japanese pro wrestling. Or what do you call it? Pro res. That's right. Then there's like, like sub-tiers. Like if that was if, if pro res was like metal and then all of a sudden there was like new metal or like different sub-genres and stuff. Because... Uh, 
I find in the past maybe five years, WWE like clearly plucked what they liked from certain things. And, and Joshi wrestling is something that's just like, once you watch it, you're like, oh, I get it. I understand this completely. And I feel like Joshi, like, like you could show this to non-wrestling fans and they're like, what? These, these like cute Japanese girls are just going out there killing each other. Why haven't I heard of this before? And Hannah Kimura fits 100% into that slot because if you are not, if you're someone who's not familiar with her, you just look at what she looked like and you go, that, oh, she's a pro wrestler. And then you watch her matches. It, she doesn't wrestle how she looks, if that makes sense. There's, I mean, what I think is great with the, the matches we're going to talk about is you were saying about sort of her transformation. And we see that in these matches yeah. where she starts off younger and pretty kind of basic attire. And then you see just her her gear getting like louder and louder. Her hair, she's like adding the braids and she's got the pink hair and stuff. Um, and it is kind of that meanness, that aggression. And for me, it, it almost feels like, um, you know how like you hear, this is a weird comparison, but you hear about the story of uh, Tommy Dreamer in ECW. And it wasn't until he took that like kendo stick, like lashing, yeah. where the fans were like, okay, there's like you can take a beating and like I, Triple H with and I think often like yeah. the, the baby faces like uh, like Hannah Kimura sort of very bright pretty you don't expect her to show this aggression and it's almost you've got to push that even more uh, am I making sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes like a, a very ca- like compelling wrestling character uh, as well I've only watched like one or two matches because I think you mentioned this, the Cinderella tournament that Stardom does mm. you you watch some with for a show but then you showed me some of them and like her outfits are, are crazy and I definitely remember seeing the, the colorful stuff but the, the wrestling there is something that is like you're super familiar with WH because you watched a lot of Stardom like full stop uh, that's why you're very familiar with like her career yeah I mean I started watching Stardom and Joshi like only actually recently okay um, like i will readily admit like joshi for the longest time was a big blind spot for me right as far as my wrestling viewing goes but it was actually honestly i have to i'll admit this like it was Kyrie sane yeah in, it was in the uh, may young classic the first one okay was like oh because i really loved the first may young classic and mm. i was like i've heard of her she's Kyrie hojo she's from stardom i never really Watched Stardom, so I went back and I was—I I got a subscription to Stardom World. It had started just started up recently. I was yeah. like, "Oh, it's like nine bucks." Like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And so I signed up and watched her matches. That's where I discovered Io Shirai before she joined NXT. And it's just like, my God, like the, the level of talent. I always knew there was a lot of talent mm-hmm. in Joshi. Yeah, um, but. For me, it was like, okay, I'm going to start watching this. I'm going to make a commitment to watching it. I never regretted it because, like, I'm it's like my favorite company right now in 2021. Yeah, like starting because, like, I think this the wrestling in of itself, but the booking as well. But in Hana was like a big part of a faction. In, in, in when I started watching Stardom, which is called Oedo Tai, which is a group, it's a heel group started by her mother Kyoko Kimura. And she was a member of that. She was um, tag partners with Kagetsu, who was the leader of that group. And so none of the matches that we watched actually showed that period of her when okay. she was a member of Otatai. So we kind of make this jump from like early on in her career where she's kind of doing the, the cheerleader gimmick, mm. right? Uh, and then she moves into like kind of the more colorful yeah. like to- Tokyo Cyber Squad um, like outfit persona that she would have before just before she died. That's when I found out about her because th- they all wear this like 
Matrix-esque rave gear. And I was like, wait, there's these Japanese wrestler girls that all dress like they're going to a rave. This is badass. <laughs> like, I, I instantly uh, fell like in love with this. I stuff. think I sent you a tweet like, yeah, it was back years at that ago. time. Yeah. Like, hey, you probably like this. Yeah, and you were right. I was like, yeah. what is not there to like about this? But the fact is, when you watch it, and like, I recommend anyone who maybe just listens to our reviews, like, we posted up on the Patreon feedback and on the uh, the what the post feedback some links to these matches because Stardom puts a lot of them up on their YouTube for free. So we, a lot of the matches we're going to talk about today were on their YouTube and, and on the internet. So. One good thing about Stardom World and their YouTube account is like they will uh, subtitle the the promos right into English. So like people like oh I can't get into it. There's no commentary or there's no English commentary. All the promos are English subtitled and they're pretty accurate. From my, you know, I'm not the most fluent person in Japanese, but like, uh, that's what they're saying. So the person who's translating it is doing a really good job, in, nice. my, in my opinion. So it's, I don't think it's it's a barrier if you want to get into this. If you're listening to this and you're like, should I give it a chance? I don't, I don't speak Japanese. Well, we had a similar, right? Like you, you were talking. It was probably when pandemic started. You were like, ah, oh, I'm getting stardom. It's only eight bucks or whatever. So you signed up, and we're like, okay, well, like, where do we? Where do we start? We don't know what to do now that we have it. Like, what do we just throw on a new show? Like, I don't know. So we just get a quick little Google. And if you know the Brady and DVP, two of our favorite wrestlers, who you mentioned, one, Kairi Sane yeah. and Io Shirai. Well, what do you know? They had a banger of a match oh, in Stardom. Yeah. And we watched it. And I, we instantly were like, all right, match of the year, even though this happened like five <laughs> years ago. Highly recommend that match, by the way. But, like, that changed. Like, that's what I mean. When Asuka... Kyrie, EO, all these like Joshis are becoming faint, like huge in pro wrestling. And it's like, well, wait, where are they get where are they stealing these people from? And not just starting, but not other, just starting, not, of but course. there's other yeah. Joshi promotions. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like the big ones I feel are, you know, outside of Asuka, who is who's not from Stardom, but she's right. more of an independent wrestler yes. in Japan under the name Kana. Yeah. It like but EO and Kyrie before her were stardom wrestlers. And like Kyrie was a stardom trainee. She started in stardom and like EO I think did more independent stuff and then she joined stardom. But she made her name there, right? That's where right. she became a legend in Joshi, and then she got poached by the WWE for NXT and hasn't looked back since. But it's 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 a great promotion. I think it's the easiest promotion to get into if you're trying to dip your toes into Joshi wrestling from Japan. Because I, I think it's also great for the classic wrestling fan. And I know I'm talking to you who are like, ah, women's wrestling. I don't Because there's still people who are like, no, I don't like that stuff. And I'm like, how? What is wrong with you? These women these days are doing beyond what the dudes can do. Like, in I my opinion. The most in, like, I think the women have been consistently the most interesting thing yeah. in North American wrestling for the last couple of years. We I cover think. NXT, though, so we're spoiled. Because we are all the good ones all the great wrestlers there the women's division is stacked in nxt but like women's wrestling in general is 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 quite interesting to me i I loved the fact that we had ronda rousey coming in tying it around with some of the wrestlers i was into like that made me that was a draw for me i thought that was cool that they main evented and all that stuff but the fact that like the wrestling is here you once you like just try it and you watch some of this stuff you might you know you mentioned their subtitles but you'll watch it and you're like oh it's just these like two small girls fighting that don't look maybe look like your giant Hulk Hogan's or your your ice trains or whatever but then these these women are killing each other they're doing we talk about carrying cross all the time his finisher is a forearm it looks like a bag of shit it looks terrible 
every match we watch today, every every woman in these matches do, in. like kill each other with these forearms. And I'm just like, can they train people? Because they should. But yeah. Well, shall we get into some of the matches? We uh, definitely should. Let's talk about Hannah Kamara. Absolutely. We're starting off, and WH, I'm going to go to you a lot for pronunciation. Sure. But Hannah Kimura versus... Mika Iwata? Correct, yes. Okay. From April 19th, 2018, Sendai Girls, and at Korakuen Hall. The famous Korakuen Hall. I want to go there. So, we'll go sometime. Yeah, one day. I'll be there. You're on your own for the Rapungi. I'm not going there, just so you know. (laughs) You take me to Korakuen, I'll take you to Rapungi. I'm not going with... I'm not going to Rapungi with you, for sure. Uh, No, I I love you, dude, but you can take... You guys can go together. I'll go, like, somewhere. I survived before. I can survive again. I'm too old for that shit. Anyways, um, Sendai Girls, just so people know, is the promotion started by Meiko Satamura. Interesting. And Mika Iwata is one of her trainees, and so... One, well, some background for this match is like like Hannah and and Mika like kind of kind of peers, like they started kind of around the same time, and so Mika is like the the, the kind of the Hannah of, of like what Hannah is in like to like stardom. Mika is to Sendai girls. Okay. So they have this rivalry, kind of a generational rivalry together. And they've had matches before, and this is kind of a culmination of a of a long program that these they've been having in tag matches and maybe a singles match before. Um, so this is this is at Cork and Hall, so it's a big deal. So this is like this is the match that gets the most praise of the series of encounters that they had together. Okay, gotcha. And this is, as you mentioned earlier, kind of uh, her in sort of her cheerleader mm. kind of attire. So one thing you got to keep in mind with with Hana is like she wasn't really a contracted stardom wrestler for the longest time. She was actually a contracted wrestler with a company called Russell One, which is started by. Keiji Muto, the great Muda, mm-hmm. when yeah. he left All Japan for wrestling, he started this company, and she was a contracted wrestler with them. And it's like she also trained there as well, with, with, with along with her with her mother Kyoko Kimura. She's a second generation wrestler, so she was doing this character, this cheerleader character in Wrestle One, and then when she did in, independent wrestling, like not like not with Stardom, but other companies like Sendai Girls, she wore this costume. She didn't wear her Oedo Tai costume. So it's kind of interesting for me watching, oh, she's wearing this kind of more ninja-like outfit in Stardom, but she's a okay. cheerleader in, in, in other companies. A right. cheerleader who wears a Ribera jacket. That's right. She's sponsored by them. Fuck, I want one so bad. <laughs> I'll kill someone for one. I'll li- I, 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 I've seen some bootleg ones. And I've thought about it, but I'm like, that's not the right way to do it. The best Ribera jacket I ever saw was the one CM Punk got, because it's a bomber jacket with yeah. the Ribera logo. Yeah, that's what I want. And like John Cena has the satin yeah. He's probably, baseball jacket one. Yeah, okay. Cena's probably got like nine of them, yeah. But Punk, I think, has the best one, the black bomber jacket with the red Ribera yeah, stitching. That's what Fucking I want. awesome. I want like any, yeah, they look great. I have you tried to get one? You, you have to be a wrestler. Okay. Like, I, I once jokingly asked, and they're like, you a wrestler? I'm like, no, podcaster. They just walked away. <laughs> you need you need to get that uh, verification tick first, right? <laughs> and to get like co- like someone to, uh, to endorse me, maybe like Ken Chen. Yes, I'm he's sure, sure he'd he's love to. I'm one. sure he'd love to. Does he eat me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like this look. The cheerleader with the Robert jacket was was great. So the match starts, and Hanakamura immediately goes for forearms, and Iwata is delivering these kind of stiff kicks to the leg. Uh, we get a deep Boston crab from Kimura, which then transitions into a single leg, but Iwata makes the ropes. Uh, Iwata then gets Kimura in the Muta lock um, and is holding that for a while, and then Kimura goes back 
to that Boston crap. Uh, we have drop kicks delivered by both women, and then I, I I was trying to work out the name for this move, but Kimura does it in every match, and it's like an octopus stretch, but then taking it down to the mat and wrapping their legs around the neck and just almost like a double arm bar. It's, it's like it's like it's an octopus hold with like a Fujiwara arm bar mixed in. Yeah. It is. It looks so effective. Yeah, I he never I, wins with it. But. I'm looking. I'm looking up the names here for this thing because I c- couldn't find it. But there's ground manji gatame, which could be that, or the sickle hold, I, which is the muda lock. I don't know. Double like armbar cobra twist. That's what I think that is. Double armbar cobra twist. I'm calling it the Kimura key. The Kimura key. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, let's go with that. It looks. You sick. would think Hanakamura would have a Kimura lock, wouldn't you? But. True. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does this move. But this sick. move looks great. It's crazy. Uh, it looks so painful. Yeah. One thing I, I noticed in all the matches we I watched for this, which was all the matches you guys watched, yeah. was that when she's in there with someone who's a good striker, she one of her strategies, and it just goes just showed me, like, oh, she's such a smart wrestler. She tries to close distance. She evens everything out by by grounding her opponents, by putting on a submission hole. Like, she'll be getting the shit kicked out of her. And then she'll just like grab a hold, and then she just yanks it. Whether it's this move or a different move, but it's like her grappling game is actually very strong. It's, that's what I mean. Yeah. She the, she doesn't look the way she's like a ring general, and she does the kind of uh, you know there's almost the Zack Saber Junior stuff where you've got one hold, and then she'll often go from like a Boston Crab into a single leg into the STF, and then into that octopus stretch, and just working from body part to body part. Very impressive. Um, Iwata then catches her with a knee to the jaw and then Kimura comes back with uh, her like Yakuza kick in the corner we get a northern lights with a bridge for a two count from Iwata and then Kimura like just as you said grounds her with a sleeper hold because she's getting way too much offense Um, both then go back and forth just trying all these different pinning combinations victory rolls uh, small cradles and then we get a huge super kick for a near fall from Iwata Kimura comes back with a delayed vertical brain buster for a two and goes right to the cross arm breaker. Um, they start fighting on the top and Iwata hits a superplex and then Kimura delivers a headbutt, which just sends Iwata collapsing to the mat. I hate these things. <laughs> you hate headbutts in wrestling. Um, I'm not a big fan of them, but like I just it'd been a long time since I'd seen this match and yeah. I'm like that headbutt I'm like oh, oh yeah yeah and I really like using her head like, yeah and Apparently, taking and yeah. taking like sh- like we'll talk about some of the other matches but like yeah like really bad shots to the head it's yeah. like it's really worrisome and here I love how Iwata kicks out because it's just lifting the shoulder slightly up the mat off the mat like she's... rolling the shoulder yeah. Just like not even a minimal, almost uh, orange casty, but no, it's like she's so like messed yeah. up here that that's all she can do. Then uh, Kimura gets the Fujiwara armbar locked in. She's wrenching it back, transitions into the cross armbreaker, but Iwata makes it to the ropes. Uh, she then fights back with a top rope gammon giri, but Hana just gets her hand to the rope, and then Iwata finishes Hana Kimura off with a huge roundhouse to the back of the head and picks up the win in 17 minutes, 20 seconds. This roundhouse finish was pretty cool. It was like, I kicked her in the head once, she got up. Okay, I'm going to jump off the top rope and kick her in the head. Sorry, she kicked out? Okay, I'm just going to kick her in the head as hard as I can. And she does, and she pins her. Uh, Very violent. This was the first match on this list that you you helped us create here, WH, to go and, and pick here. 
And right out the gate, I'm like, what the fuck? They're killing each other. They're headbutting each other. I didn't realize I was getting, I was sold instantly on this. I was like, I didn't expect this at all. These two were killing each other, like submission ground games, the strikes, the, the, the Gammon Geary finish. Everything about this was like really smash mouth technical wrestling. One reason I, I wanted to go with this match, one I'd seen it before and remembered it fondly. I um, also want to shout out uh, my good friend Dylan Fox from the Eastern Larry podcast who helped me come up with like remember like yeah, certain yeah, matches and sure. stuff like that. Awesome. But I like I watched this match again. And I was like, oh, this is yeah, this is the one I really like because I love the rivalry that Miki Wada and and, and uh, Hanakimura had because yeah. they have such amazing chemistry as you can tell in this in this match. Like and because like they have that generational rivalry going, they they complement each other so well in the ring and. They, I think they just bring out the best in each other. And Mika Iwata is someone like I urge people like check try to check out as much Sendai Girls as you can. There's a lot of it on on, on YouTube. Um, she's has this unfortunate tendency to get injured quite often, right. so it's it's she's has a lot of start stop with her career. But like if you want to see someone who's got a lot of like like raw talent, like check out Mika's matches like on YouTube or, or other places. It's well worth she's well worth someone like you know going out and discovering a lot of her work. Excellent. Yeah, what did you yeah. like this? What'd you yeah, think? I really I liked how it was kind of Kimura just dominating the whole time, and but it was just that kick that puts her out, and you you see that in real fighting, like UFC all the time. You see one guy who's absolutely dominating, and then there's just a kick out of nowhere, and it's game it's over. over. Um, so I like that. I I her submission game is so good. Uh, I was really enjoying that, and. Just as you said, the aggression, this match especially, I think when she goes into more of that like steampunk heelish role, like yeah. you expect a bit more aggression. But here she she looks so young and she just looks like she's, she's a happy going to cheerleader. a gymnastics <laughs> competition or something. And yeah. then she's headbutting motherfuckers. Like it's yeah. crazy. I, that's what I mean. It's like you you just see these like like cheerleaders ah I'm a cheerleader and I'm like okay like they're gonna do like I don't know I'm programmed from Parenton watching Parenton song's great as well like it's, oh, yeah. it's so happy <laughs> she's got the, the dance to go yeah. and the pom poms but one thing you gotta keep in mind with her aggression is that she's a second generation wrestler you know, right. her, her mother is Kyoko Kimura who is like a, a legendary like wrestler of, of her generation okay. and Kyoko Kimura is well known for being a hardcore wrestler not necessarily oh, deathmatch wrestler right. but like doing some crazy shit like like just being in t- being one bad tough Joshi wrestler okay right? so that's I think that's something instilled in her from her mother like, like you, you're gonna you're gonna be like me if you're gonna be carry my name and people know you as my daughter you're gonna take care of yourself in that ring so I'm sure she got a lot of like coaching from Kyoko Kimura right in terms of like I think like okay I'm carrying on her name I'm gonna be just as tough as she is she is. She's, yeah. She comes out the gate like a little, like, again, she looks like a cheerleader and she's beating the shit out of people. I was like, oh, yeah. You definitely have, you see a lot, kind of the chip on the shoulder when you're second or third generation because you've got so much to live up to. And you see, like, with, with Charlotte, how at times they really try and, in NXT, they really try to distance her from the Rick connection for a while. And then they sort of embrace it, I guess, once you've, once you've established yourself more as your own person, that's when you can kind of bring that in. But... I imagine it definitely you have something to prove way more, it, if especially if your mom was such a legend. Uh, it's 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 interesting you bring up Charlotte. I'm I'm a big Charlotte fan. I love Charlotte. To me, she is what like WWE is like. They've they've managed to create this megastar 
uh, out of Charlotte for me. But comparing it to like pro wrestling, like in ring quality and match style, nowhere near this. Oh no, this was like these these two girls were killing each other. So yeah, for, for me, the kind of the closest you would get who's someone who's in women's wrestling in, in America who's not Japanese, yeah, is is um, Sasha Sasha Banks for sure because yeah. she is a student of wrestling history. Like she loves wrestling. That's where she comes from. It's not because her father was a famous wrestler or anything else. Mm. She loves wrestling. She loves Eddie Guerrero, but she also loves Japanese wrestling. She knows who the legendary Joshi wrestlers are. She'll tell you who, the, who her favorite wrestlers are, but she also knows who the current Joshi legends are. She, when she had that break from WB, she went to yeah, Sendai. Right, yeah. She went to Sendai Girls to train with yeah, her. Yeah, with Miko. Miko. Even her gear, like the sort of straps around the arms and everything is very Joshi. Yeah, if yeah modern Joshi for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, overall, this was like the first match that we had on this list because we're going in like order. This is from 2018 and like Hannah Kimura was super young at this. So she was 20 years old. She had to be. Yeah, So like that's... Uh, she'd that, been... Yeah, she could have been 19, 19 I think even but this is very impressive I, I really enjoyed this match and right out the gate I was like oh uh, is, is she gonna have better ones than this because this was pretty spot this is pretty spot on are we doing ratings yeah we have to uh, we, we usually give out uh, match ratings yeah. here I don't know if you have we could do five stars when we had John Pollock sandwich scale yeah I know five, five stars is fine because yeah. okay. Pollock never rates matches in, unless he uses the coffee scale. And when we had him on for Stan Hansen, I think it was, he broke out of the coffee scale again. But you can you can do you can do. Oh, the stars! I, I I like. We need stars. one for Hannah Kimura. I don't know what we would uh, what would we count as uh, of- gas masks. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or <laughs> well, what? What are the fluffy her furry leg boots? Things, furry boots. Her furry boots. Leg yeah. warmers. I, yeah. I kind of think it's like kind of in my head canon. It's like an homage to Bruiser Brody, who was a legend. True. Fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does the kicks. Like Brody was kind of famous for the, yeah. the kicks because she kind of adopts herself. That's right. Well, we'll say stars, but we mean furry boots. I'd say like honestly, I wouldn't give this like a five stars, but I'd give it like way over four because it had my attention from start to back. I honestly was like, how this was the first match you picked, and I was like, this is like seems like we I needed to put, ease my way. Mm. into some of the things because this is definitely higher up on the list for me four and a half for me yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely like it's it doesn't even feel like it's a really long match but it's they just they're doing like it felt like zach saber jr (laughs) i really liked it yeah uh i went to four i was a bit lower like i i enjoyed it but in i could have maybe i'm used to more kind of like of the sort of epics for guess, sure, yeah, maybe. yeah, and it didn't quite reach that for me, but really solid. Um, Cage match gave it a seven point eight one. I even read that it has a Meltzer rating. Oh, I didn't see that. I for thought this. I thought I saw that it had a four and a quarter. Apparently, allegedly, YouTube said it. Okay, so I believe whatever. I on YouTube. Okay, so that's Dave, where your downfall. Dave gave it a four and a quarter. <laughs> I think I'm not sure. I and saw it. Yeah. You went for. Four and a half. Four and a half. Four yeah, because it's like a all of her matches are sprints. Like nothing's longer than like twenty minutes here, mm-hmm. and it, it, there's no minutes wasted in any of these matches. But I so think far, you're so fine good. with like a lot of like Joshi is in my experience at least. It's like there's like an economy to a lot of the matches, and it's like get, get to the story, get to the story. Let's yeah. get yeah. to finish. Not rushing it, I mean, but it's like they're all around fifty. We don't want to waste any time here. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. 
we only have 15 minutes. We need to make sure, like, you shouldn't waste any time you're on camera, nice. essentially. But yeah, great, great stuff. And and even though she's 20 years old and a cheerleader, she's, she comes out and kills, kills it. I thought this was awesome. Highly recommend it. Again, it's on YouTube. Go watch it. Uh, we go to September the 2nd, 2018, uh, which is the day before Hannah Kimura's birthday. And Your birthday. birthday. Yes. You have the same birthday as Hannah Kimura. The same birthday, yeah. Um, September 2nd, 2018, this is from Wrestle 1, and it's Hannah Kimura versus Asuka. What? But not that Asuka. Oh. No, this is like really. Or is that Asuka? Is it? No, well. Asuka. So, Asuka. Asuka from WWE. Yes. In Japan, she's known as Kana. Yeah. So I remember when I was doing Japanese audio wrestling uh, with throwback at the at the law with with Chris Charlton. Fucking love that show. Who was my co-host at the time, and we he was like telling me, "Oh, so Kana, you know, Joshi wrestler in the independent scene is going to join the WWE." Okay, she'll probably keep her name because it's easy to say. Mm. Kana is like one of the easier Japanese. Yeah. They call her Asuka. It's like why would you go with something a little bit more more difficult to? To, to pronounce like and is I even remember but it worked it worked for her the but commentary then, didn't know yet the commentary were calling it wrong so I was like oh it must be Asuka like Asuka because the commentary were saying that and then I was like wait a second is it, who's the commentator yeah I, I want to say it was Corey Graves I could be wrong though uh when Asuka came it was in. a long time ago now maybe Rich Brennan or I was, wa- I was yeah, watching that though I remember reading like I knew about her and I I, oh, I didn't know much about her but I'm like Kana is an easy thing to pronounce yeah. why is is it Asuka now? But anyways, this Asuka that we're going to talk so about. So who is night. this Asuka? This Asuka is an Imposter. independent. No, and I think <laughs> I, I can't remember if she had the name on the Indies before. Kind of became Asuka. In that's the, kind of snake, right? But it's it's confusing if you're if you're not so familiar with this Asuka. So if people watch AEW, she was in AEW. She was Venny, right? In yes. AEW, right? So yeah. if you if you're familiar with the wrestler, the Josh wrestler Venny, this is Asuka that we're going to talk about. Okay, so again, someone who has kind of a, a similar background to Hana in the sense, like more, I think, sociologically or social, socially, because Venny is a trans wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trans is not so accepted and not so openly accepted, as, you know, like in, in, in Japan as it would be like in the Western world. Mm-hmm. In the sense, like legally, she probably doesn't have any like rights or protections for wow. her gender identity. Right, mm-hmm. so Hana is is a uh, is of mixed heritage, right? So her mother is Kyokumura. She's Japanese. She's half Japanese. And one thing you have to understand about Japan is like it's pretty much a mono ethnic culture. So being different is like not easy to be. And this is like something we will probably talk about later on in terms of like Hana's you know like mindset at the time of her death mm-hmm. is like she grew up with a lot of bullying. And I'm, I would imagine like I don't know so much about. Asuka that we're going to talk about but being trans I don't think that's easy to be in, in Japan right that, wow. I mean that's something I I thought right from the beginning when I I realized like uh, I looked up uh, Asuka and realized she's trans I'm from what I've heard of Japan I can't imagine that being e- like I can't imagine that being easy wherever you live but the culture in Japan yeah. I can imagine that being very difficult but also, I I kind of liked seeing her come out and the crowd actually embracing her as well. Like that was quite 
quite like heartwarming actually because I didn't it know can't this. be easy at all. I, I did I didn't know this and I just wrote that Benny looks like she's gonna kill someone. She's got like I, I she got like the Scott Steiner chains almost on mm. in her gear and like some leather. She just I just figured she's a like a little bit bigger and a little bit a little scarier. The heel I assumed in this match. Well like, one one thing that we see in the, the, the pre match promo is like their history. They had matches yeah. before and like you know this is someone that um, was a big name in Independent Joshi, and and was winning titles. So she comes when she comes out for this match. She's where she's she's carrying the Wave Championship for a now defunct promotion called Wave. Okay, I have so many questions for you right now, WH. I'm gonna just fire them off, and you okay. give me quick answers. First of all, Wrestle One. What is it? Wrestle One is the company started by Keiji Muto when he left All Japan for wrestling. Uh, they've now since you know died. Yeah. You know, um, R.I.P. But they, you know, they produce a lot of great wrestlers. A lot of them are now in all Japan for wrestling now. And if, ironically enough, or, or they're members of uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. So they all, a lot of the wrestlers found homes. But this is where Ka- Hana kind of like got her first contract with a, with a, comp- with a real okay. company. But they didn't have a Joshi division, right? So like sometimes they would have Joshi matches. They would bring in someone to fight Hana on some, one of their big shows. But for the most part, they let her wrestle in other companies. But like, right. hey, you're on... You're on retainer to us. If we need you, you come wrestle for us. But she, this is like, you know, adjacent to this. She's also working a lot for Stardom. But she could also do independent dates like that a lot of the peers in Stardom couldn't do. Okay. okay. I'm, I was My next question, you already kind of answered in a, in a line. But so Venny comes out with her epic entrance. And the arena here was sick. There's a lot of people here for this event. Venny comes out to Beyonce, who run the world girls, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And then <laughs> Hannah Kimura comes out to When I get older I will be stronger And I'll be freedom Just like a waving flag And I'm like, wait, what? That's not really the song I imagined to see her come out But you just mentioned something about A, a, a wave? A flag? A what? No, so Venny's the champion of this promotion This Joshi promotion called Pro Wrestling Wave She was a champion of that and so that has nothing to do with Hana. So why is she using this song? <laughs> so you got her. So, so the timing of this match is like she Hana just came back from Mexico for her excursion. Right. She she, she left Russell One and Stardom, and she went to Mexico to to, to, gotcha. to do training there okay. and to do an excursion. That's why she's wearing the headdress, like traditional kind of Mex- traditional mm. Mexican headdress gotcha. when she comes on for red, because she's paying homage to like this culture. That I think she, that she fell in love with, mm-hmm. and like we really wanted to pay respect to. And so she's changed her, her image and she changed her, not her, her, her cheerleader outfit, but like her hair was different when she came back. She had the extensions. Yeah, because so. this song, Waving Flag, was, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a guy from Toronto who did the song. It was FIFA, World Cup or something. And it was remixed, like the World Cup did a world remix. And this is the like Latin radio version that she comes out to. So that checks off there. That makes it. But very interesting. I was like, what? Like of all the, of all the, like, Venny just used Beyonce. Clearly, anything's on. You can use anything. If you can use Beyonce here, because they clearly don't have rights. Yep. And you chose that. I was like, what? All right. Whatever. Cool. <laughs> uh, Kimura offers her hand at the beginning of the match for a sign of respect. They grapple up, and then Asuka delivers this huge slap across the face, showing no respect uh. there. And then we get a bit of a slap fight, but they're not holding back with these. They're clocking each other, like, over the ear. It looks so painful. Asuka goes for a moonsault to the outside, but Hana moves 
And then Kimura is just thrown into the chairs uh, at ringside, just goes smashing through them. And that's when we start getting the, uh, the chair shots to the head. Um, there's <laughs> Hana is kind of up against the ring post and Venny just swings it like a concerto against the ring post. Um, yeah, like wasn't expecting this at all. Neither was the ref because he goes over and he's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? And what does Venny do? She spits in his face. <laughs> I was so disgusted. I loved it. Pre-COVID. Well. Pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Asuka misses a drop kick, allowing Kimura to apply, uh, I think it was like the octopus stretch. Uh, sorry, what was it called? The double... Cobra twist. Cobra twist thing. <laughs> um, then she gets like, she gets sort of the legs. I don't know what this move is called, but she's got the legs of Asuka in the sharpshooter but then almost like an STF, like bending back, uh, looked really cool. And then transition that into a crucifix for a two count. We get the the face wash in the ropes uh, to the back of the head of Asuka from Kimura. And then this huge kick to the face, um, just repeated. The second one looked nasty. And then both are delivering pump kicks back and forth to each other. Asuka comes back with a big boot of her own. But Kimura gets the better of her and now applies that submission once again, taking her to the mat, but Asuka gets the ropes. Now, Kimura is just trying to pin Asuka any way she can and then gets countered into this wheelbarrow German suplex, which looks... Snowplex. Awesome. Oh, Our snowplex. Oh, snow, the snowplex. <laughs> snowpl- no, no snowplex. No, okay. Uh, looked great. We then get the superplex off the top from Kimura, but Asuka kicks out, and then we get the missile drop kick from Kimura, followed by like a like a fisherman's falcon arrow. Yeah, uh, what's what's this called? This yeah, no like. idea what this was. It looks sick, fisherman buster, something ah, like that. Fisherman's falcon arrow, sure. Yeah, yeah, it looks sick. And picks up the win in 11 minutes, 2 seconds. Yeah, another, like, short match. Realistically, you think 11 minutes in... in that's not that's not that long. But so much goes on in these 11 minutes. They feel it really well. It yeah. feels longer than 11 minutes. It but does. Not, but not in a bad way. Mm. Yeah, that, you can watch, like, some shit match on Raw that WWE puts out. And you feel like it was on for, like, 15 minutes. But it was on for, like, 2 minutes, you know? So it's like, it just makes you go, like, this was 11 minutes... And feels like, I, A, I wish they went longer, but B, like, it didn't, it, it was just, like, done. I think, again, like, they have a history. So, yeah, okay. for the fans in attendance, and those of you who are familiar with their history together, this feels like the culmination of all the matches that they had before. You know what I mean? Sorry, just that washing machine sinks to us when it's done. It's like, I'm trying to listen, but we keep, keeps going. We keep we have we have a dishwasher and a and a washer washing machine and a dryer, and they all three pieces of these utilities sing to us. Just play music whenever it's done. But yeah, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> so they so Asuka and and, and Hana have like a, a history together in like a feud almost mm. against each other. So this feels like the culmination for i think for the fans in attendance at this show and for those of those of us who were like familiar with their history together their matches before like uh so watching this they're trying to pack in as much as they can but not in a bad way i don't think it feels like it's packed i think it feels like a natural like however long match it is but it feels like it's longer than that but in a good way yeah, I, I agree. They filled so much into this. And I think one of the things for me watching these back is you're saying about 
all the history and the other matches. And that's when you do go back and watch whole rivalry, you often pick up on things like like callbacks to other matches and stuff like that, which obviously I don't have that context. So, um, but yeah, I really liked it. Again, heavy hitting, wasn't expecting uh, the stuff with the chairs, the kicks from both. Like as you were saying earlier, we see so many people uh, hold back. And yeah. Like these all look so great, so yeah. snug. Um, I did feel the ending kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe I wasn't conditioned of that being a finisher for her or whatever from other matches I've seen, but um, uh, kind of caught me off guard a bit. But I-, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, both of them hit like really snazzy moves and everything looked tight. There was like a snap uh, avalanche, uh, what do you call it, Spanish fly, which was crazy from Venny as well. Venny's pretty sweet. Like they got some crazy moves going on. Uh, but the the like aggression that Hannah Kimura has is something you, I, I still you watch. I'm like, how does she do the boots to the head? Is something she loves to just boot people on. The, that's her signature move. If you were to have a Hannah Kimura in your in your 2K, you have to have variations of just booting someone in it's the head. The, yeah, the yakuza kick. That's all the she face does. Washes, yeah, the axe kick. It's fucking great. sick. Like yeah. it's gangster. You know, Kyle O'Reilly has a sweet axe kick, but like Hannah Kumar's axe kicks are dirty. They look sick. Yeah, she yeah. she has some great trainers on, like you know, yeah. pirate pirate training is also in the in the Stardom Dojo. They have like some amazing amazing people training there as well. So it, 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 they must because like all these like how again how do I watch something week to week? that I always complain like ah this guy makes it look fake or makes it look weak and then I look at these two it's 20 year old 21 year old killing each other and making it look like they're actually doing that I, I it's baffling to me it's amazing uh, I, I like this match as much I didn't like it as the the uh, as much as the the one before but I'd say I'd give it like a three and a half a three seven five but Venny spat in the ref's face and he took it like a champ so I'm bumping it up to a four wow the spit factor uh, I'm gonna go three and a quarter yeah I, I didn't give it the extra bump for the yeah. spit but I, I'm really enjoyable I I just like the you know like the chair shots I'm not a huge fan of I, I like the Mika match more because it's just more my thing. That's yeah. more my style of wrestling yeah. that I like. One hundred percent. I I still liked it, but the other one felt like a little bit more special. But yeah. Yeah, I went uh, I went three and a half for it. I I definitely preferred the first match, um, but I, I'm with you. That sort of concerto looked a bit wonky as well. Like it obviously you want to do it safely, but it wasn't really needed. Yeah. Um, I prefer. For me, like I prefer the aggression a lot of the time in the cut kicks and the strikes and stuff, uh, but still very entertaining and uh, yeah, the spits. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how they they're interactive. Like if you go to these shows, they're throwing people into your seat. You have like three seconds to get out of your chair before you're can, taking a bump. Can I just say, as someone who's been like, yeah at shows where people are wrestling or getting thrown yeah. at me, I fucking hate it. I know you hate it. Because I gotta I grab it. all my stuff and move it. What oh, like, stuff? hey, that, that stuff, that merch I just bought, uh, I don't want to get, I have like my, my backpack. Yeah, like, yeah. no, I don't want to get this shit trampled on. So, I never sit on the, after a while, I never said to any of my friends, uh-huh. don't get seats on the floor. <laughs> We're sitting in the bleachers. I'm going to say for me. They go like, up in the beach. Yeah, they go. And very rarely did they ever wrestle in the orange section, which is where I usually like to uh, use where I said at Corkett Hall. So. Orange section. I'll remember that. Yes, yeah. it's good. Place. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to get a lot more violence now. Because yes. it's a no disqualification match for the World of Stardom Championship 
uh, at Corakuen Hall, 28th of October, 2018. And it's Kagetsu. 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 Uh, being accompanied by Hazuki, Session Moth Martina. Hell yeah. Nawa Yamaguchi and Natsu Simuri. Sumie. Sumie. Yeah. It's a whole football um, team. Here. What's this faction? They're called Oedo Tai. It's, okay. a, it's a faction that was created by Kyokukuma in the early days of stardom. Mm. And Kagetsu joined that group and then she became the leader of it, essentially. And when she became leader, one of her like people that she recruited and then like Kyokukuma recruited was Hanakimura. Right. So at some point, like Kagetsu and Hana were super tight. They were tag partners. They were goddesses of, of stardom tag team champions for a long time. So they have a history as being allies. Kagetsu is kind of a mentor to Hanakimura. But when Hanakimura came back from Mexico, she teamed with Kagetsu. She was part of Oedotai at first, but then she turned on her uh. to forge her own path away from Oedotai, away from the shadow of Kagetsu. And so they've been, they were feuding for a long time. Uh, in tag matches and like eventually it came to a point where like Hagas was like okay you pick the stipulations of this match which is no DQ interference is okay uh, no time limit anything goes it's and ridiculous. Which, which, which happens in this match like everything that you can think of in a with stipulations like that happens mm. but also like it's it's for Kagetsu's world of startup title the red belt of stardom which is the world title and so the red belt in stardom is the world title is the world title yeah. the white belt is the like the icy belt okay gotcha. okay um but but this is like something hana wants and you think at some point it's going to be her destiny to mm. be the red the red belt champion so it has a lot of layers this match the history between kagetsu and hana as tag partners as tag champions as mentor and student as really mm. best friends and now they're enemies in in at this point in their careers damn okay gotcha. this is which why you're here yeah <laughs> which makes the stipulation make a lot of sense uh, and then Hanakura is coming out with uh, Mary Apache Mary Apache who's kind of like her new mentor right yeah like Mary Apache is someone who had been in stardom a long time she's a lucha lucha wrestler from, mm. from Mexico and then she she went to Japan to wrestle for doing Joshi there and eventually becoming a really integral part of, of stardom like I think she was one of the trainers at their dojo for a long time. And like when I believe when Hana went to do her excursion in Mexico, like Mary Apache's family is someone that are, are people that took care of Hana when she was over there. And so there's a really tightness. I think also Mary Apache, maybe Kyokumar, Hana's mother have a, a friendship as well. So okay. there's a lot of layers with, with Mary being in, in Hana's corner here in, in a lot of different respects. Gotcha. Uh- this is so. Is this like the kind of the start where Hannah Kimura here? Hannah's becoming this like cyber thing because she's got the look now in this match. So what I like in I know this this post like excursion from Mexico era of of Hannah was like it's like when Naito came back from Mexico and he started Los Ingobernables to have on Lij. Right. This I felt was a lot similar to that evolution of her character of her persona. Of like she's always a solid wrestler, but maybe she was missing something like that—that that extra oomph to be a main event player to like broaden her appeal to a larger audience that would see her, whether it's in Stardom or other other promotions. So this character really caught on. Mm. I think especially for for young women and young girls like who are like 
really drawn to this. Yeah, for, this is how I found out about Stardom. From the, yeah, what are they called? The Tokyo Cyber Squad? Tokyo Cyber Squad was her faction that she would form a little bit later after this. Yeah, so it's, again, imagine they're all in, like, rave gear and, like, uh, get the gas masks, the weird hair, like, contact lenses, very colorful. And uh, weird enough, I just quickly searched Tokyo Cyber Squad to see who was, like, in this. They have a lot of people. Uh, Jungle Kiona, Konami... Davey, you might recognize Layla Hirsch. Oh. What? Okay. That's very strange. And Bobby Tyler, who I think just recently signed with uh, WWE. And Zoe Lucas. Yeah, there was uh, all these other people in this team. But yeah, when I think I, I think of Hannah Kimura with this look when I've watched it. It's right. like this, like, I don't know how to music video. Rob Zombie rave music video, uh, colorful. But yeah, you were saying this is before she's formed the faction. Right. Just yeah. a little bit but you can tell so here yeah. she hasn't quite got the pink hair yet, but yeah. she's got braids, yeah. which are new, which actually look really cool. Yeah, they look cool. Um, and yeah, got the like the lime green attire and very colorful. Uh, big entrances. You've kind of got the the pre match waiting uh, in not gorilla, but whatever you call it there, <laughs> like coming to the the stairwell, yeah, made it made it feel big. Like they, Stardom stairwell. They do it in NXT, don't they? Yeah. In the, at the CWC, you see them before the main event waiting before their entrance. Makes it feel a big deal. But uh, Kagetsu comes out and Hannah just runs out with a table and <laughs> attacks her during the entrance. Uh, now, Kagetsu here has come to the ring with four other women and uh, Hannah just with uh, Mary Apache. And so they're all getting involved right away. They, these session moths just session can't moth wait to get involved. <laughs> delivering kicks. Um, they start like making their way to the ring. And you were saying as we were watching this earlier, WH, they the announcer keeps on yelling something, which is like politely get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yes, right. Please get out of the way. <laughs> and that's throughout this entire match. I just hear this on repeat, and I go, "What are they saying?" Um, Kimura counters an Irish whip and sends Kagetsu just crashing into the chairs. They then go right up uh, to the bleachers. They're looking for a WH in the orange section there. <laughs> They're going right up there. Um, and then we get a suplex delivered by Kimura in the stands. And then uh, one of, uh, sorry, Mary Apache just dumps Kagetsu on this what was this? Like a steel door or like the top of a kitchen counter? Or so something? it's the the barrier to the seating, the orange seating section. <laughs> <laughs> the they are coming for you. So they, they remove it from the, to separate like the fans not coming to the floors. Right. And vice versa, right? So they use this. It's like just like a steel plating. Yeah. yeah but they use like it as door. weapons in a lot of matches right. that go into the crowd in Cork and Hall. Interesting. Because gotcha. I've not seen this. Like, no, I look like, like what a is door. this weapon? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just Kagetsu goes crashing onto that. Uh, we then get a crazy, one of Kimura's just crazy kicks. And then they're back in the ring and she's running the rope. Kimura's running the ropes. And one of uh, Kagetsu's girls just grabs her from the ankle, pulls her back to the outside and starts beating her up. The <laughs> session's getting involved once again. Um, they then hold Kimura down as Kagetsu delivers this crazy tope suicida. And Kagetsu's a little larger as well, so... Looks, I always looks way more scary when yeah. it's a bigger person. But Kimura being held up to take it as well <laughs> looked great. Uh, we then get a scoop slam on the stage, and then uh, this is where it, it got a little uncomfortable for me to watch. Uh, yeah, kind of knowing what happens with uh, Hana, but they they get out a rope and they kind of 
string her up for a few seconds against the like yeah. scaffolding entranceway. Yeah, uh, obviously made us all kind of feel uncomfortable watching this, but it was just part of this match and sure. and, and stuff. But they're. It, it's weird. It's because no wonder Hannah made a, a whole like stable because this whole match is getting beat up like nine people. <laughs> the whole match, so. and she's the heel. Right? Yeah, it's like uh, what? So, no, like no. Oh, what tire heels, right? Like, oh, this yeah, is like yeah, what's on Brandy is like is like yeah. doing interference and and cheating a lot in their matches, yeah. right? Um, but like Hannah's kind of a tweener, I think. At this point, okay. Well, so she just left Oedotai, but she's former Jigar identity. But if, if she's having a match with like Mayu Iwatani, she's kind of the heel in that match, yes. right? But against Kagetsu, she's not the baby face, but she's not the heel either. It's like it's very okay. Tweener. That makes sense because yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I figured if she'd kind of left them, that maybe she kind of turned yeah. on them or whatever. Um, but she gets out. But of she just- doesn't feel like a pure baby face here. But here, she's just getting beaten down by everyone, and then uh, in the ring. Kagetsu just starts Irish whipping all of her faction members <laughs> into the corner at Hannah. It got a little ridiculous. Her. <laughs> so that's a Dragon Gate special. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Mary Apache comes for the save. Uh, we get another great looking axe kick from Hannah. And Hannah creates a pile of steel chairs in the middle of the ring. Uh, Kagetsu smashes one of them over Hannah's head. <sighs> and. It just stays round her. It, it's like the plastic base, yeah. right? These chairs. It's the steel like frame and then a plastic. Still though, still. Base. Oh no, I'm not saying it's yeah. not going to hurt. It's going to hurt, but the the frame stays round. Wrapped so every around time them. they smack it, the chair, like the seating of it, comes out. Isn't this the best? Isn't this the visual you want from a chair shot, though? The, the frame. Selfishly, set. this is what we want. Yeah, in my opinion, it looks impressive. Yeah. It looks very impressive. If I were to let you hit me with a chair, I want it to look like this. Yes, <laughs> this then becomes a bit like Funk and Foley at the '99 Royal Rumble because they're just teeing off against each other with chair shots. Well, it was like Funk and Stan Hansen when they were he was trying to hang yeah. in with the rope. Yeah, Fuck. Uh, and then Hannah starts delivering a load of these elbows to the chest of Kagetsu and starts stomping down on her head. But Kagetsu comes back and once again just smashes the chair over her head, hits a vertical suplex on the steel chairs, and then we get this choke slam from Kagetsu, and then a Fujiwara armbar into the cross arm. Sorry, is this Hana here? Into the cross arm breaker, then into a triangle. Uh, Hana starts to try firing up and starts dumping Kagetsu onto the outside again. There's the face washes, but Kagetsu kicks out, and then the table is brought into the ring. And Kagetsu sat, sets Hannah up on the table, goes to the top, but Hannah manages to slip off and delivers a choke slam of her own. Lady Kane, <laughs> off the top rope, through the table, and then follows up with a delayed vertical brain buster, but Kagetsu still kicks out. She then applies her octopus stretch armbar thing to the mat, but Kagetsu gets out and applies this leg scissors round the neck and like a, a hammerlock trapping the arm behind. And Kimura is crawling for the ropes, but pretty much every sort of limb is held back. And there's actually a great shot of the camera angle where you see sort of Hannah's face looking and she can see the ropes, but there's absolutely no way she can hold it. And then the referee calls for the stoppage at 16 minutes, 46 seconds. Kagetsu wins. It wasn't even just one ref. No. 
It's two refs. So the main <laughs> ref in this match is is John and Wei's favorite Japanese ref, Daichi Maruyama. Asked him about when they when we went okay. to start them together. You know, before the pandemic, they didn't um, spit at him, did they? No, no, no. no okay. <laughs> He's actually a legendary wrestler, a referee. For, for Joshi promotions. Right. So, like, the fact that he's refereeing, like, for Stardom must be pretty cool for those who know their, the Joshi history. Mm. But he's the main ref in this match. And at some and the point where Kagetsu has this, this, this submission hold on, on, on Hana, and she passes out in this, in this hold, but, like, Daichi Mariyama's like, I think she's out, but, but it's such a big match. Mm. The stakes are so high. So he calls upon the, the other ref who's outside. This is Barb Sasaki. He says, come in here, come here. Checker, checker too. Like, I want your opinion as I well. I want to know. I want to make sure I'm not going to just end this and, like, if she, I want to make sure it's it's definitively over. Like, she can't continue. And, like, he's like, yeah, she's done, she's done. Then he calls for the. So it's like a double ref stoppage. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Like, WWE can't even get one ref to do the finish right. <laughs> like, lately it seems that way. This guy's like, I want to call this. Uh, hey, 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 yo, do you think she's out? Yo, dude, he's out. All right, maybe, call maybe he should just have more conviction. <laughs> Doesn't have to go to his friend. <laughs> it, it seemed like he it, wanted to it call. Does, it yeah. does make it. It makes the moment feel even bigger. I think. Yeah. Um, I I love this match. I thought this was. A it was war. so violent. Yeah, yeah, they were like doing all sorts of stuff. The chair shots really did it for me. The stuff I didn't like was like the 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 stable doing the whole run around yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of part and parcel with that group. I yeah. I, I enjoy Oedotai in many respects but like that, that part of it I'm not a huge fan of it's like mm. it's like when AJ Styles was IWGP champion but there's so much bullet club interference like <laughs> you're like I just want to watch you wrestle I just want to watch AJ wrestle I want to yeah. have great matches so it's like I want to watch Kagetsu wrestle or when I want to watch Hazuki wrestle and I want to watch Hana wrestle when she was in a wet tie but uh, there's all this interference it kind of shakes me out of it but listen if you if you do anything with with like doing a search for Oedo Tai, make sure you, you type in Oedo Tai dance. Their entrance Got you, yeah. was, okay. is amazing. <laughs> you know? Like, cause they did a coordinated dance nice. as part of their entrance, but they're the heel group. But so it's kind of making fun of like, you know, idol groups, like, 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 like three singing, count. dancing groups, right. you know, so like, like that. So it was a great dance. I recommend you guys go back <laughs> and watch the Oedo Tai entrance dance I, I like this match but I I didn't like it as much as the other but there were still like some crazy spots and uh, even the stuff that like obviously now we're like ah oh, that's not too cool it, it's still cool to see in a wrestling match so I still liked it I'd give it like a three and a half uh, but it's because there still was chaotic wrestling in this match but a lot of it was this this, this group interference yeah. stuff for me yeah. I didn't I, I think if I watch it all the time and I'm seeing this interference all the time, it would grate on me like watching an evil match or something. But watching, like, I like the little bit beforehand where it's going, look, we know there's going to be interference anyway, so why not we just make it legal? So they have sort of set you up for the interferences and at least there was people on either side to fight. So it, it didn't actually bother me too much with this one, but... Yeah, I really liked this one. Thought it was a war, and like they, this was the first one where I I kind of got the story from the match without having sort of you necessarily explain a whole lot. Before. True. Yeah. Like, like I got these two hate each other. Uh, she's going for the title. They made it feel big with the entrances, um, and I love the finish. With I always like a kind of passing out referee stoppage. I think. Yeah, it was a good finish. It feels dramatic, and especially yeah, the shot of like watching her really trying to reach for that rope. 
uh, yeah, I thought this was great. What would you give it? I, I give it three and a quarter. Just like I, I'm not big on like the the the, the, the rope spot. I'm not big yeah. on the chair shots. Yeah, yeah. This. But it is it's still a great match, and, and like it's there's fun so many to watch. things, so many great things about it. Like the intensity these two have, the chemistry that these two have, because they have that history, and I'm aware of that history, so I have that context for going into this mm. match. But yeah, the things like I'm not a fan of, like kind of do bring it down. But sure. the, the finish, the finish of like the, the, the trading the submission moves is awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Uh, I this this has been my favorite one so far. Yeah, I, right. I went four and a quarter for this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, just I mean I've kind of said it all. Just felt felt big and felt like a war and loved the finish. Yeah. No, uh, I think I said three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, yeah. And cage match. Uh, this is stood at an eight point zero seven. Hey, it's on the board. We go to the twenty second of September, two thousand nineteen. Stardom five star Grand Prix at Korakuen Hall, and it's Hanakamura versus Hazuki. 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 Yeah. Uh, who's part of the other stable? She's in Oedotai. Yes. So the background for this match is really interesting. So. Hazuki, when she started in Stardom, was recruited into a different group first, a group called Queen's Quest, which was a group started by Io Shirai. Yeah. So Io Shirai recruited Momo Watanabe, Azumi, and Hazuki, like three of the youngest, younger wrestlers in, in Stardom, to groom them to be the, the next generation to become queens of, of Stardom, of Joshi, because like what she was at that time was the queen of, of Joshi, of Stardom. So these are her, her. I feel like Eo is the queen of Joshi right still, now, at least still, right now. Yes, yeah. I know. We we know. We know right <laughs> but um, so like so, but at some point, like um, Stardom does this gimmick every year called the draft. Like it's the so what they do is like everyone in every faction is up for grabs. <laughs> so they have a so they have a match of the leaders of each faction are in this match. Whoever, uh, so it's like an elimination match. Whoever gets the first pinfall um, gets, no, who, whoever's eliminated first gets the last pick. Okay. Okay, so at some point, so like, Kagets is the leader of Oedotai. Um, Io Shirai is the leader of Queen's Quest. Hazuki's in Queen's Quest. At some point, it's Kagetsu's turn. Like, like you know, she's, Io Shirai's strategy, I gotta get Momo. Cause that's her That's her girl, right? She mm. picks Momo first. But Kagets is like, I'm taking I'm taking Hazuki and Hazuki's like you didn't pick me I gotta join them so she is reluctant to join Oedotai because like they're feuding with each other Hana is like the second in Oedotai like Hazuki's like one you know one C one A is is Io one B is Momo Tanabe and one C is Hazuki but so like there's a lot of friction because they faced each other in singles matches they faced each other in in tag matches against each other and in, in, on opposite sides. So now they're in the same faction, but Hana has left Oedotai. She turned on Kagetsu. She turned on Oedotai. So now Hazuki is a deeply loyal member of Oedotai. So that's their friction. That's their history together. But they're also like generational rivals. It came up kind of at the same time. So like there's this theme that we see recurring in a lot of these matches of like Hana's fighting someone that she has a, a connection with, whether it's a mentor in Kagetsu or rival, like generational rivals or the like parallel careers, parallel right? careers yeah. with like Asuka or or Mikiwara. So that's the story here with Husky. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Nice. 
I love that faction draft thing. I think that's great. Hey, you should go back you, and watch it. You told me about that during the, the Cinderella tournament. I'm Imagine. Like just think, I just, I just love to watch. It's actually so fun to watch. Because I'm thinking back to being a kid at school. And when you're picking teams to play football or whatever. Yeah. And there is that thing like, well, you didn't pick me. And like that can spark feuds and stuff as that's, well. I think they should do that in AEW I or something. Because they have like eight factions, nine teams. It's like five will be last picked by like, Dark hey, Order. This, yeah. <laughs> Everyone in Dark Order needs to get drafted. <laughs> that That's something they could do. That's interesting. That's very strange. But like it works. No, it's, it's, it's a fun yeah. thing to it's watch. Fun, I, yeah. You can find it easily on Star World. Yeah. Like, go check that the draft out. Very creative. I'm just I just keep googling Queen's Quest Io Shirai now. <laughs> I need that flag. So we get these crazy forearms from Kimura. Um, Kimura's gear here, like she's she's in the in the the faction now. Yeah, so yeah. she's yeah. full on Tokyo Cyber yes. Oh yeah, she's now got the she's got pink braids here in this. Looks one. sick. Um, and this cool like ripped pink camo pants. I thought she looked fucking awesome. Yeah, she looked pretty badass. She definitely like her. It's the the Pokemon evolution here. The she's change, got to it. Yeah, yeah, from the first like gymnastics cheerleader yeah like baby face to here like it's it's huge because it's still like it's still a look again she's a she, she's very attractive and the outfit she wears like they they pop the furry boots and stuff like that so when it's kind of like this like weird rave gear gear and, and all this stuff it it fits with wrestling because wrestlers always wear like tights and colorful neon colors and oh, yeah. stuff it goes well with wrestling so they pretty much right away start fighting up in the stands and then uh, Hazuki starts... Sorry, was that right? Hazuki? Hazuki, yeah. Hazuki uh, is delivering some face washes of her own. And then Hana comes back with a big drop kick, fires up and hits her own face wash. Another. And then Hazuki hits a full Nelson slam. Uh, who was it that used to do this? The, like, the big one. The full Nelson into the Uranagi. Full Nelson into the Uranagi, what, test? Yeah, I guess so, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Husky, like, clearly been watching her test. This one was like, actually, no, this one was like a full Nelson slam into, like, the Seamus, like, backbreaker, I think. Like, the, you know what Seamus does? What does he call it? The Irish curse oh, or right. something? Yeah. It looked like that. Uh, but I love, no one does the full Nelson slams anymore, really. Like, I can't think of. It's a good move. Yeah, like it. yeah. It, was like, it used to be someone's finisher, too. Is that the Patriot? Did you see that? Who did it? Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Did he do something? Oh, Patriot? I, I can't remember. Full Nelson. I mean, the bubble bomb is a sit-out full Nelson thing. Yeah. I don't know how that hurts them. <laughs> uh, we get the cross face applied from Hazuki, but Hana makes it to the ropes. And then we get Hazuki climb to the top and hits a top rope senton, but only a two count. Hannah then catches Hazuki with the double armbar stretch, that octopus stretch she's been using, but she can't fully apply it, and Hazuki makes it to the ropes. She goes, Kimura goes for another face wash, but her leg gets caught up in the rope and then is hit by a code breaker, followed by a suplex, and then Kimura comes back and just kicks her in the head, followed up by another great looking axe kick, but Hazuki kicks out. We then get the inside cradle from Hazuki for a two, a big boot from Kimura for a two, followed by a big missile drop kick, and then Kimura gets Hazuki up for the package pile driver, holds onto it for the pin, 11 minutes, 49 seconds. This is a package pile driver sit out. 
Yeah, she didn't even like. Yeah, she just true. sits out, and the ref's like, "Yeah, that looks like the shoulders are down." And <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like readjust at all. She's she? like, pinning. no, but like I'm saying, like she sits out, like like Kevin Kevin Owens will like hit the package pile driver, and it'll like obviously he's protecting the person. This no, almost no protection. No deadly, yeah. And the one that Hanukkah uses here, yeah, it's it looks like really good, really impressive looking. Yeah, like there's no way you're kicking out of this. I liked the the back and forth here again. The the theme of Hannah Kimura that is just she's she's a badass. She's kicking people in the head all the time, and now with this crazy gear, imagine getting kicked in the head repeatedly by furry boots. Just be great. Well, I, you say like imagine maybe <laughs> maybe you do that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I like the fact that they fight all around the crowd. There's the classic wrestling spots with like near falls and everything, but it still had this like like aggressive. Uh, back and forth storytelling which was real I'm not familiar with Hazuki but uh, yeah. she's retired now very controversial about the circumstances led to, led to her retirement like oh. I went to her retirement match at Corican Hall and when she had her last match she got on the mic and says I don't want to retire. Stardom is forcing me to retire. <laughs> I was like, oh, Whoa, she's shooting on this company. Interesting. I don't know exactly. There's a lot of rumors as to why she was forced to retire by hmm. Bushy Road, by, by Stardom. Interesting. Yeah, you can look this stuff up. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. But it's a shame. She was so talented. Like, as you can, if you watch this match, it's like, you're just getting kind of a sampling of how good she was. She's got a great look as well. Kind of a, a bit of a sort she, of Catwoman she's thing. She's the most, here. like, of anyone who's, like, in Queen's Quest, she was the most like Io in terms of the way she wrestled right. and her intensity. And I think she, if she stayed in wrestling, stayed in Starm, she would have probably have reached the heights that probably Io would have, Io did reach in Stardom. Yeah, I thought she was pretty impressive, actually. I, I'm, I'm now Googling Queen's Quest Hazuki to see if she, she was in this union. Uh, I thought this was a good match as well. And the package pile driver is one of my favorite moves. Uh, I think Penta is someone who does it really well. But now I can say Hannah Kimura does a really good package pile driver. She doesn't even move over to Pinya. She's like, just fucking count it. And the rest <laughs> are like, yeah, all right. <laughs> they wouldn't kick out anyway. Uh, yeah, what would you give this? Uh, I'd say like uh, I, I really liked it, but I'd say like a th- almost a four, like around there. Like it was, it still was really fun to watch. And the, the reoccurring theme is Hannah Kimura just comes at you like a spider monkey, kicking people in the head. And this one was like just she's gunning to win this match. Out of that was her story. I need to, I need to kill her, and she did. But like three, three point seven five. If I'm getting technical, yeah, I went three and a half for it. It yeah. was just a, a really solid match for me but i didn't quite get the like emotion that i like getting right yeah match to sort of push, push which over the which floor. like we don't know some of the storylines and Absolutely, stuff too but for yeah. sure um but yeah the, the package pile driver like a yeah great super finish there looked great yeah it looked pretty lit uh what would you give it i give it a four because like i have the benefit of knowing the history between yeah. these two and so that context you know plays out through for me when i'm watching it and like all their interactions like there's the history there. There's the history there. For sure. So for me, there's a lot of emotional content between these two that 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 really, you know, um, that that gets brought out in in me when I'm watching this match. So it's definitely a four for me. Yeah. No, I, I still thought it was great. Like it had some great spots and uh, that full Nelson. <laughs> that full Nelson. <laughs> we go to our final match of the night. It's Hanakamura versus Julia. From the Stardom Year End Climax, 24th of December, 2019, at Korakuen Hall. Christmas Eve, 
in Corcoran Hall. I didn't go. You didn't go? I didn't go. I bet you wish you did. You know why I didn't go? Why didn't you go? I was saving money for John Way's visit. Because they were oh, coming like the week. Two, two weeks late, about two they weeks They were coming later. in a week later, so yeah. yeah. True. Damn. So, background here. Julia is not a star wrestler originally. She's a member of a, of a Joshi promotion called Ice Ribbon. She leaves Ice Ribbon to join Stardom very controversially because she didn't do it properly. She just left the territory. Mm. She didn't give her notice. She screwed up other people's retirement plans in uh. the company. There's a lot of heat on her. There's a lot of heat on Bushi Road and on Stardom for poaching her. Okay. But she's brought in like as someone that they're really high on. And I'm talking about them being Stardom and, and Bushi Road, who's got plans for Stardom. They just bought it recently. They have plans for this promotion. They want to make Stardom the Joshi equivalent of New Japan for us. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Julia is a big part of that because she is very marketable, right? She's very attractive, talented wrestler. She has like kind of, because she's also of mixed heritage. She's trilingual, is she? She's English, Italian, and Italian, Japanese, Japanese, English, yeah. So, so there's, she's coming in and she's immediately targeting Hana as her first rival because they immediately like, Hana's kind of like, you're, you're taking my spot you're not taking my spot and Julia's like oh yeah I am so they have this rivalry and this is their first singles match and they had a lot of interactions before like brawling outside you know not in match itself but like brawling at press conferences things like that but also in like kind of tag matches interactions but really violent this is their first singles match yeah, you can see it in the in the pre-match video there's like a, a press conference where they're just pulling each other's hair and stuff and oh yeah the video was hype yeah that that makes a lot of sense you saying because uh like hannah being like fearing that julia might come in and take her spot because i guess they're they're both like when when i look down the roster sort of when we did that cinderella tournament these are the two where i go oh i could totally see triple h wanting both of these yeah i see julia being a huge star these two that i i think just have that they're so marketable and like Julia is someone I definitely see doing so a big star in wrestling. Yeah. If we're gonna keep, if we want to make that kind of you know parallel with with New Japan wrestlers, mm. like I, I would say Hana is, is Naito. So Julia is Okada. That's what I said to you yesterday. Yeah, I think she even has a look of Okada about her. It's but weird. that's the position they want her to be. Right, is like this person that's coming into the company fresh. She's gonna freshen up the scene. Mm. Mayu is Tanahashi. Okay, Mayu Iwatani is Tanahashi. Right. Arisa Hoshiki is, I don't know, like, she, she's kind of like maybe Nakamura in that in that kind of quartet of, like, those New Japan wrestlers in 2016, 2017. That's what they wanted to create. Bushiroad wanted to create with these four wrestlers in stardom. So Naito versus Okada is, like, Julia, you know, like, or Hana versus Julia here, kind of. And then Session Moth is Toriyano. Uh, Eo's sure. Eo is Kenny because they left. <laughs> no, she's better than Kenny. I Despite agree. Despite what Ricochet. Oh, don't get me started on Ricochet. <laughs> I know we don't see eye to eye on on Kenny, but I'm glad that we can uh, we can agree on that. Eo Shirai is the greatest. Uh, Eo Shirai. Hey, listen, like, let me just quickly touch upon Ricochet and his dumbass tweets about Eo Shirai. It's like, dude, it's not her fucking fault you're in a shit position in the company you signed the contract 
you can't get over with main main the management on main roster. Who knows? Maybe Io Shirai won't get over. I doubt that. I think she's gonna do well. You're damn right, right, she's over. So, but the fact is, like, why you would tweet that? I have no idea. He deleted it. But he's he's an idiot. <laughs> he is an idiot. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Bless him. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned so this one's on Christmas Eve. Yeah. In Japan, and it's Hannah versus Julia, and I I. I, I genuinely think both of them you're right like both of these could be very big stars in wrestling from watching this right away the the story i didn't need to know the story i knew the story right away it has a uh like a rock austin start to it because right away they just go at each other like they hate each other there's no locking up or anything they're just right away delivering these forearms to each other's face it's like julia's like i don't i i I need a i need a second like almost like moves away or like goes out of the ring maybe to the ramp and and hannah's just like being such an asshole where she's just like getting in her face and i mentioned earlier i bumped up a match a, a whole point twenty five because someone spit in the face of a referee. Well, Hannah Kimura is like, "Hey, Julia, hey, hey, bitch!" Spits in her face. This is a huge <laughs> glob of spit it's as well. Giant! It's a it's a loogie. But Julia's reaction is fantastic. So this is right at the beginning of the match. They've been going at it with forearms. Hannah's spat in her face. She turns around, looks pissed. And then kind of just smiles and laughs and is like, all right, we're going there, are we? Charges at her. But Kimura, being a little dick as well here, as she's running towards her, just slaps her as hard as she can across the ear, stopping her in her tracks. Um, Yeah, just the the difference here now with her character, how much it's evolved from that that first match we watched, who I couldn't imagine spitting at people or slapping people with disrespect. I love it. It's great. She's great at this character. Like, she's so... She, she I, looks... I evil. don't... You don't like nec- her as a No, no, guy? I don't necessarily think it's a character. I think she's being more herself. She's now been allowed to project, like, what's always been in her. Right. So, one thing you gotta remember with, with, with Hana is, like, something I mentioned before. She's a mixed heritage, mm. right? So is Julia, right? Yes. So, there's parallels that you can run with Julia... And Hana here, yeah. like I, what I think is as intensity to their rivalry is that I think they see a lot of each other in each other. Mm. They see you're like me. I'm can I could be what you want to be, and I think they're both thinking that at each other. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's I think adds intensity to this match and like any interactions that they have, which are Absolutely. so violent. This has the most intensity of all the matches we've watched 100%. because there, there is just like some hatred here. We love when we have friends over who love when we put on old wrestling. We put on Kenta Kobashi versus Masawa and our friend watching is like, why do these guys hate each other? So David goes, oh, so uh, Kenta Kobashi actually fucked that guy's wife and that's why this, <laughs> so this guy's like, oh, that makes sense because like they hate each other. <laughs> I don't that's know. Why they're dropping him on his head. Yeah. So in the parallel universe, I don't know whose man someone <laughs> f- smashed here, but they're like they do not like each other. There, this is just pure hatred. And like I mentioned, Hannah Kimura already has this aggressive side. She's hitting these these forearms and axe kicks like early on in this match because oh, yeah. she's just like fuck you, like spitting on her. I'd love it. <laughs> Julia comes back with this big pump kick, which sends Kimura to the outside, and then starts throwing chairs at her. They're fighting through the. Stand- and then Julia does this 
huge run up uh, at Korakuen Hall running towards we've seen like Hiromu do yeah, this Hiromu. where he runs and does the drop kick she's charging at Hannah but Hannah just swings the fences with a steel chair stopping her in her tracks uh, this bit actually made me laugh but it was great I'm like but, why do you hate each other so man. much <laughs> they're back in the ring and we start uh, they start like slapping each other and going for each other's throats like there's a bit where they're both simultaneously choking each other and then we get a headbutt from Hannah, oh. a headbutt from Julia, and then another big headbutt from Hannah, knocking both down. Uh, they slowly get back up and start delivering Yakuza kicks to each other. And then Julia catches Hannah in Hannah's own move. It's that kind of octopus stretch. The Cobra Twist. Ambra, the Cobra Twist. But Hannah manages to make it to the ropes. Uh, this time, Hannah locks in uh, the double arm bar, transitions into a cross arm breaker, but Julia makes it to the ropes. Hannah then follows up with a missile drop kick, and then Julia hits this like hammerlock sidewalk slam, but Hannah manages to roll her up right away for a two count. We then get another headbutt from Kimura, and then the, octopus, the, the Cobra Twist is applied again, uh, Hannah goes for the package pile driver, but Julia escapes and then hits like a hammerlock tombstone pile driver. What is this? It's a key lock hammerlock tombstone. It's one of her like big moves. Yeah, like, I've seen her do with it. a lesser opponent, she would finish them off. She's yeah. gonna be like the, the, yeah. the one, two, three. This is but a sick this move. is so she does it right by the ropes, and Julia like realizes how close the ropes Hannah is, so hooks both legs, but clearly is exhausted from the match because doesn't have the strength to like hold both back and one of the legs falls down thus causing a rope break ah. which is great you said this is one of her finishers yeah. and like Hannah doesn't like grab kick the out. rope or kick out or anything it's just it's a mistake made by Julia it's a mistake yeah, yeah. Um, we then get uh, Julia applying this sort of STF and then pulls Hannah back and is bending her like a kind of surfboard across the knees while applying this STF. But that's when we hear the bell ring. What? And it's a 15-minute time limit draw. And after the match, they're still going at each other. They're giving... uh, They're, like, pulling each other's hair. They're getting pulled back. And then eventually they're kind of stood up. They're separated. Uh, Julia's, like, that, like, fair game. Like, that was a good fight. Puts her hand out. And Kimura like slaps it away and does this smile. And Julia's like, it's almost like this look where, oh, we're going to go at this again. But then Hannah like puts her fist out and gives her a little fist bump as well. I love the ending because it's like Kimura's going like, I'm still a dick. I still don't hate you, but like, I I still hate you, but good game. Good game. Yeah. Uh, This was fantastic. I loved this, man. You said 15 minutes. There was a draw on this for Hmm. 15 minutes. And like, yeah, this was front to back they had 15 minutes and it had a whole story again I didn't need to know a story of this I just know they hate each other so much they're 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 punching each other their elbows the boots to the head the spitting the just like even Julie is the good guy clearly but like doing these powerful moves knowing I gotta take you out and that leg spot was awesome with the rope break I really love this match yeah I mean it's for me again I know the context Mm. of like Julia's entry to stardom and like the start of her rivalry with with Hannah Kimura, 
And so, like, I had that contact. I love this match because it's a time limit draw. It's a 15-minute time limit drop. It's their first ever singles match. It's the promise of what was was supposed to come, mm. you know? Mm. And in it's it's the promise of, like, where Stardom wants to go with these two and, and other wrestlers that they have on deck to be the generation that's going to lead them to, like, another level for not only Stardom, but also for, for Joshi in general, I felt, in, in Japan. So, you know, like, it was just a, a kind of, like, a perfect storm of different elements coming together in this match, I felt. And I love it. I gave it, like, four and three quarters. That's yeah, like I, yeah, honestly, I, I yeah. I loved it. Yeah, like, this one out of all of them was the most aggressive from Hannah, where she's going around with the, the different moves that I've now known from watching. You know, we, if we do these matches where we're watching, like, compilations of certain people, you see their five moves of doom, you see the spots they, they lean on and, and their stuff, but here, she's, like, emptying the, the gas right away, like, I'm going to kick you in the head right now. I'm not going to wait till later when I... I'm going to do it right now. It's like the, the, the evolution of her, like so different. It's very, th- this was the most for 15 minutes straight. I was like super sucked into this and I didn't know it had the 15 minute time limit. And boy, was I pissed. I was so mad. I, that's why I ain't giving this a five star. Cause I, <laughs> they could have went another hour. I was like, well, they went to make it cause they were killing each other. I, I agree with you guys. It's like, it, this is, this is a special match. Unfortunately, it's only 15 minutes long. I don't feel it's unfortunate. I, I don't think... You, I think you can have an epic yeah. without being more than 20 minutes or 15. That's fair. Like, yeah, like, yeah. This wasn't an epic per se. Yeah. It's the it's the start. It's special. Of what's going to come yeah. later. You know, what was supposed to come later. Right. But I think they pack more into these 15 minutes than, like, you'll see in, like, recent New Japan matches that go to, like, fucking 35, 35 <laughs> minutes. Like, not even Eve. I'm not going to pick on <laughs> fucking Evil. Like, like some other wrestlers, like, it's like, why is this match so fucking long? It's yeah. like, it could have been 22 minutes, but it's, like, 37. It's like, there's no point. This is 15 minutes, but, like, 15 minutes of, like... No fat. It's all muscle. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's and it's all you need. That's it. Like I like, I'm fine, and I'm I'm the same with films and TV. Like you can have a three hour film that breezes by because for me every single scene feels important and is entertaining. Like similarly, we can watch Samurai Cop, which is only ninety minutes, and it felt a lot longer because it was the same scene over and over again. That is again. a terrible, badly uh, acted. Pick that, Brandon from New Jersey. Oh, why aren't I surprised? <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, it's like I can enjoy matches that go an hour if it's if it's just filled with stuff. Like stuff is always happening. The storytelling, the story is always progressing. Similarly, like this 15-minute match, so much happens. Yeah. And it being that kind of first singles match, it the draw makes complete sense because you go, oh, I know we're going to see this again. We need to run the rematch. Yeah. We need to run it. And then we need to go, well, let's do it a 30-minute time limit. Or yeah, exactly. Did that, I mean, obviously, the rivalry was cut short with Hannah's passing, but did they have... Any other singles matches after this? I top my head, I can't tell you. Like, right, okay. There, there, there are lots of interactions that these two had yeah. in the time like when Julia arrived and before Hannah's passing. But you knew there's going to be like a special rivalry that they were going to yeah. they're going to base yeah, the company it, you around. You feel that. You can feel that without... No, like, According to Kane's yeah. match, this is it. 
This is the only singles yeah. match they've had, according to Cage Match. According so to Cage I mean, match, yeah. But. Uh, I, I, we've watched a lot of, of Julia uh, around this from last year and this time frame, and I, and I agree with both of you. I'm like, oh, just the look of her. She looks like the superstar. Like she, she could be a main event player in WWE. She so, rocks the shaved head as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Now, like, yeah. we talk of evolution. Like yeah. this is the new like age of Julia as well. Yeah. I mean, still works but yeah like julia to me i i i feel like it's someone to watch because you will will be talking about her whether it be nxt wwe or just the superstar of stardom i hope she does because of these kinds of matches but it shows here that hannah was that same that same category you're right like these two were gonna be booked that way you're totally right that uh bushi bushi road like is like okay, well, we did that with like they doing with this with this, and it's like let's focus on some certain people and and make the whole company focus around them. And these two are definitely shoe ins for being the superstars in this company. And obviously, we're seeing this with Julia now, but Hannah like had like she was she look the looks the part from the look to the wrestling, the character to the the nastiness, everything worked for her here and in this fifteen minute block. Every match I watched like. I mean, obviously, it's a tragic story, but, like, it's bumming me out because you just see the potential. 22. Yeah. 22, and you just see, you go, this this girl's just going to be huge. She's going to be such a star. And if this is what she's capable of now at 22, like, the sky's the limit. Yeah. uh, So it did get me, like, a little down watching some of these, but... Uh, I kind of I want to go and watch more and just more Joshi in general. Yeah, definitely more Joshi in general. But it 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 definitely bummed me out watching these going. Holy shit! Like Hannah Kimura, someone I I, I overlooked. Because I don't watch a lot of this wrestling now. I'm totally like invested in it. But again, it's the look you look. You know, don't don't what's the the don't judge a book by its mm-hmm. cover? Because this this cute little girl with pink hair and rave gear will fucking come out and put on bangers. I'm going to make the comparison again to the current NXT champion of Karrion Cross, who looks like a complete badass, a scary big fucking dude who, when he gets in the ring, I don't buy at all. When I watch this, I'm like, I want to see more. 15 minutes was not enough. I want to see you go out and have like Iron Man, ultimate submission matches and, and all this shit. The, the, the sky was the limit. And, and I, I'm, I'm, sad that we don't get to see more of her now it's it's interesting because her being on terrace house which you know i would say and like i think a lot of people have the same sentiment led to her death Mm. um well the way the producers filmed her the way the producers wrote her on this reality yeah well what would you why would you say that because like the it was for those who don't know it's a reality show where she's she's she was portrayed as bad person like a, a heel a bully because of because she's a wrestler that's part of it but this led to a, a, a massive amount of cyberbullying backlash from Terrace House fans against her and this is also in the midst of the, the start of the pandemic so pe- people she can't go out like she's staying home and she's she's not able to get support from her loved ones her friends and, and other people I really feel like if the timing was different in a lot of different ways, she, I, I, I like to think that like her friends would have come over, like, and, and just you know helped her deal with like the, yeah. the trauma of all the bullying that she suffered because of being on Terrace House. But the, the the thing about being on Terrace House that I think people have to remember is like 
they, you know, like, I gotta assume Bushiroad was like, yeah, we want her on Terrace House because it's gonna make her a mainstream star, star, a yeah. main star, and we're gonna make that her a bigger star because of it, but it had the opposite effect, I'm afraid. You know, that's, it's, it's the tragedy of her, her death is like, it was so preventable in the sense, like, the producers, like Fuji TV, the, the, the network that, that Terrace House is on, Netflix, and the producers of, of Terrace House didn't have to go this route and like so many things came out about like the 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 horrible negligence that they the producers you know committed and like the the toxicity that they promoted against her Mm -hmm. it's really it's really hard to read this stuff and listen about about this stuff and you just get so angry about it It, because like and you watch because it's unavoidable her, her her career prime like she was on the cusp of becoming a massive i think crossover star yeah, and, and that's not, and, that, yeah. and that's that's you know not the the, the tragedy. The tragedy is like she's so young, and it, it didn't have to happen. But that's the side kind of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Is like, and she, I think she would have excelled in it. I think she would have raised, you know, the the profile of people of her background of mixed ethnicity in, in Japan, and which is always a struggle. Like anyone who's of mixed ethnicity, even if they're famous sports stars, Naomi Osaka another example right they suffer so much shit from like fucking mainstream japanese society like in mainstream japanese media it's 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 really sad i'm not saying like everyone in japan is like they're not but the mainstream especially the media sure is, and the establishment you know like when we say establishment like the, the older people right as they was like ingrained in their ways they need to change that attitude and, like people like hana were i think poised to like help turn the tide against people who are of mixed heritage in Japan. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's not something you you would think about. I'm not very familiar with this show. The only reason I know it is because there's a wrestler who's on it. And I know a lot of other wrestling fans are secretly watch this show waiting. He's talked about it. That's why I know about it. And a few of my friends are like, oh, I heard him talk about the show. I'm obsessed with the show. I've watched some clips of it. Never really watched full episodes. But I'm not too big into reality TV shows in general, but watching that and hearing and reading all these news articles, just Googling Hannah Kimura, all the stuff comes up is not these matches. It's all the sad stories about her passing last year. I think year. as well, you like 22 is so young and... It's way too young. Like, I, I think back, like, I keep on saying about I wish I, like, trained to be an actor when I was older. Uh, I went to drama school right from school. And looking back, I wasn't ready. And I think, fuck, I was so young then. And I, you feel like an adult. And maybe people uh, treat you like an adult. But you're a kid at, in your early 20s. I still, I think yeah. you're still a kid. And to kind of... Uh, it's enough pressure already being one of the focal stars of a wrestling promotion. And then having on top of that kind of being a focus on this TV show that isn't just watched in Japan. Is what It's on Netflix. It's Netflix. It's worldwide. And then having that, uh, like, your portrayal being seen as, like, a bad person and all the backlash from the media and stuff. Like, it's it's too much for anyone to handle. But especially a 22-year-old, if you don't have those people in place. Like, these TV, reality TV companies should have... I'm thinking, like, X Factor, American Idol, America's Got Talent, all those things where you're getting people who are just suddenly in the limelight you need people there to protect them. Yeah. Um, because they don't know. They're thrown into pressure. it. Yeah. Like you, if you've like 
been kind of born into celebrity or like gradually built up like you're an actor and you're doing theatre and then you get little TV parts and it grows it grows you can grow with it but to be like an unknown to a big star and then getting all this negative press like you can't do that on your own and especially as you said the timing of the pandemic like what are you doing you're at home you're on your computer you're on your phone there's not a whole lot else you can do every like everyone this pandemic hit everyone and depression Mm. is at an all-time high because even if you weren't someone that that maybe suffered from such things before this this tested you this tested everyone and yeah being being maybe in such a a life where you're filming tv shows you're filming movies uh sorry wrestling and stuff and maybe it's kind of cut back because of this world and you're you're stuck it's such a depressing thing we we, us as humans we're not meant to be doing this we're not meant to be stuck inside by ourselves and stuck inside what reading all these mean tweets people are are texting her every 30 minutes when someone says yo david davy and braid and you're fucking up next sucks i'm like fuck man fucking sucks it bums yeah one tweet can bum you out and you can be loud and then I and then I take my Patreon stacks and I wipe my tears away. That's right. right, that's all you got to do sometimes. Uh, I just, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I think this is a very un, unfortunate story. It, it, it didn't need to. This did not need to happen. We obviously we're here talking about her because it's it's a one year uh, since her passing, and yes, she took her own life, and it is a very very sad story. And it'll uh, maybe in in a in a twisted weird way it'll help bring this kind of thing to more light for wrestling well, fans change in Japan yes change stuff, sure, change yeah. something right because you you see it in like the world of, of wrestling and and the the wrestling fans in the community they can be hard but it, it does seem like it's mixed in with this like just you were on a netflix show every who everyone in the world can watch this show so she, she's getting it from like all over the place yeah. but this this definitely is a story where you go this is so sad and unfortunate and before doing this show, I didn't realize how sick of a wrestler she was. Right. That's like, that is straight up, no cap, real facts. I'm not saying, I'm like, what? You're telling me this whole time? You could be, you could, you could be like, you could be feuding in NXT with Io Shirai. You could be the biggest star in wrestling right now. And unfortunately, that's not the case. But uh, yeah, very sad. It bums me out now. Why? I, I wanted to do this show with you guys. When, when you guys asked me, and I wanted to come see the plates. <laughs> but but this, the main reason was, like, if anything, let's not necessarily just focus on her, you know, it's the one-year anniversary of her, of her death. Let's, let's celebrate when she was alive. Like, I think she loved wrestling. I think it comes through in her wrestling. Mm. Let's celebrate the legacy of amazing work that she she left behind and it, it wasn't you know like we can talk about so many tragedies that happen to people in wrestling and a lot of times it's because of wrestling yeah that that's the tragedy of of what happened to, to these people to people who died early and it's it, wrestling did not kill her i think wrestling made her alive mm. uh, something that her mother that did that because mm. she's very close to her mother she followed in the footsteps of something that you know she loved because of her mom i think and that she was good at and that she became better at and that she was going to be rewarded with with you know a push with success with high profile like as a as a star and maybe be an inspiration to other people especially maybe younger younger girls you know so i think that's something she took really to heart you know 
And I, I want to remember that part of her more sure. than, than, than her death, you know? 100%. Yeah. That's and why this, we did this. This is a celebration. Of yeah, we're what, celebrating of, her, of what, she, what she did. And, and uh, we didn't really glance on the, the, the Terrace House stuff because it's, it's, it's not for me personally, but she was a badass wrestler. And I mentioned all these matches since, since her passing, Stardom has, has plucked some of these matches and put them on their YouTube and stuff. And the, rate, the, the views are, are high up because a lot of people didn't know who she was before. And then they find out about her after and, and, and they all feel like we are like, what? what? What do you mean she's dead? Because she's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's a badass and such a character uh, uh, that, that showcased in all these matches we just talked about. But uh, yeah, I, I have to say, watch some of her stuff and, and watch... Uh, more Joshi wrestling. It's a completely different world that I like and totally want to like take a dive into even more so because it's just something so different. And I think that's what Hannah Kimura was too. Like she was different and it worked. And uh, yeah, yeah. I wish uh, I wish we were here for different circumstances. But yeah. Well, we've got to make it official. I think we're all on the same page with this one. But the show is called Best Match Ever. This is true. So, Hana Kimura, Best Match Ever. WH, let's start with you. I, I think I'm going to go with a tie. You're going to go with a tie? With a tie. You can't go with a tie. Why not? I mean, you, you can if you want. Yeah. The Julia match, the last match we watched that yeah. we talked about. And and the Mika match, the the first match we talked about. I agree. Those were the two I, ones. I that love them yeah. for different reasons, but for similar reasons as well. So it's a tie for me. Those the beginning and the middle and the end of the show. Yeah, like I agree. Those are my two favorite ones that we watched. And the the, the first one you're mentioning is uh, Mika Iwata. So like that match is crazy. And again, it's it's up on the YouTube there. And that's from 2018. So you're saying Hannah Kamara in her cheerleader outfit was 20 years old. Doing this match, crazy. Uh, I, I I agree with you. Like th- both of these were really good to me, but there's definitely something that stood out more for me in the Julia match. And I'm the the only I, the only reason I wouldn't say is a five star for me. It's close enough because I'm picking that as the best match in this, on this show because from start to finish they were killing each other and they look like superstars. I feel yeah like. The Julia match is my yeah. my best match. Um, she spit in her I, face. I, I gave it a four point seven five because you feel like the next one will be the five star. You yeah. know, you want to like yeah. you have room and you feel this is chapter one of what should be this epic, epic. and you feel like that that kind of thirty minute match will be like or like no time limit or whatever like will will be that match, but. That's my favorite, but I got to give a shout out to a top rope choke slam through a table. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, it was. Come it was on, good I too. wasn't expecting to see that on this show. And I'll forever kick myself that we decided to get super lit instead of watching her live at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, we came in during the Battle Royal, didn't we? We, we came in down. when Liger entered. We showed up. That I, was on the that... first thing we've seen in MSG was Liger coming out to his song. We, we sat down in our seats like... And we're like, holy shit, Liger's coming out. And then Muda comes out. So I was pretty happy. But now I'm like, ah, I do wish I got to see her, especially in Madison Square Garden. But yeah. Uh, so we kind of are all on the same page. We like the Julia match. You clearly love the other one as well, but you love the Julia yeah, stuff too. I, I loved it as well. It's just, it's, it's a tie for me for different reasons. But like I said, for the same reasons as well. Well, that was best match ever. Hannah Kimura. Um, 
that was a lot of fun, especially talking about different wrestling stuff that we haven't seen. I love opening the again. It's like different genres of music. It's like, hey, uh, you ever hear this album? And you're like, no. Well, I'm like, do you like this kind of music? I don't know. Maybe. Okay, we'll check it out. And then you do, and you're like, ah, this is fucking sick. Stardom. Don't, don't say mumble rap because I'm not gonna. Like you want that. you want to listen no, to some mumble rap? <laughs> uh, you're more of like a like a '90s like uh, like hardcore like gangster rap. I don't know. No, nah, man. I'm like you know like what was my favorite hip hop group when I was big into hip hop? You too. No, that's, <laughs> I love you too. I know. I know. No, De La Soul. De La Soul. My, yeah, that's it. Hip hop sensation, yeah. John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's I think it's great that you can go into different like avenues and pro wrestling. Obviously, like for me, I love pro wrestling and this and podcasting and and up next and everything is because we create this like community of friends that are like ah like watch this and check this out and like talking about different stuff. Like to, someone who tunes into this Twitch stream or this podcast could have no idea what the fuck we were just talking about for like two hours, but it's like it's. It's fun and it's awesome. I highly recommend people checking out all of the stuff we talked about from Hannah Kimura today, especially if it's free on YouTube and, and all that. Because, like, the, what? why aren't you watching it? Um, yeah. WH, I hope we can watch some more uh, yeah, Joshi wrestling sure. or some just wrestling in general because that was so much fun. You clearly know a lot about uh, your wrestling. Well, I, I'm, I'm more familiar with Joshi the last five years yeah. than I was before. I right. was, I, if you ask me... Ten years ago, let's talk about you. I'd be like, no idea. Well, we still got to get you back for, uh, I believe, best match ever, Shibata, at some time. Oh, yeah, oh that's right. right. That was uh, what we were going to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yes. now we're now we're doing this in person. We can do this again. It's this is going to be so much easier. Vaccinated, get your shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have you on uh, again. And I know WH, you you do a ton of podcasts as well, uh, covering your. I, I call you. I, I ask you all the stuff because you know everything about Japanese pro wrestling I think you're like a whiz when it comes to it so uh, I know that you uh, do your your like monthly shows you do stuff with John do you want, the floor is yours my friend oh yeah so if, if you yeah like you like you know listening to this and you want to hear more about Japanese wrestling and me talk shit about Ken Chan and uh, <laughs> fucking Jay White check out Post Perez check out the t-shirt at store the Perez shirt that's right Um, and yeah I do a show once a month with John but I'm I'm actually branching out I do two post Perez's every month uh, two weeks apart so coming up uh, I did one a couple weeks ago with John I'm gonna do one this this weekend with Dylan Fox from the Eastern Lariat and I always have for the second show of the month is always a a, a new rotating you know door of, of guest host I also do my All Japan retrospective show of All Japan Pro Wrestling that Davey's been on I have the right, long yeah. and winding Royal Road. If you if you love hard hitting, no nonsense wrestling, come listen to that. Watch the matches that we're going to talk about, and then listen to the show. That's every month, and yeah, and occasionally I appear as guests on different post wrestling family shows and other and other. Pro- Loki's uh, coming out soon, right? Yeah, we're, I'm good. That's right. Can't forget. Me and Waiting do MCU later. Our look back at all the Disney Plus MCU true. streaming shows. We just. Finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, WandaVision. It's a, been a big success, and then, you know, uh, me and Way are coming back next month with Loki. We're going to review every episode of that. We might be changing the date, because we're doing it on Saturday nights, because 
all the shows were being broadcast on Fridays. Fridays. And I would watch it really right. early in the mornings because John Cena would try to fucking ruin it for me. Spoiler. There we go. But, uh, yeah, so we might be changing the date. But we're still working out the, the details. So keep an eye out on my social media, uh, post-wrestling social media, and Waze social media for news about that. Awesome. All the podcasts from, from UWH. Podcast. Yeah, you guys do a lot, too. Like, yeah. like, I'm always impressed by what you guys are doing here at, at Up Next, at the BDE. And just, I'm so happy for, like, I think, you know, this is kind of an example and a kind of manifestation of the success you guys have been having. I'm proud to be like friends with you guys, and I'm proud to be able to be back in the city and and spend time with you guys live and see yeah. see this in person. You know, someone's mad that we're all hanging out right now, and I'm sorry, I don't care. <laughs> we're all back. Who, who's mad? No, I don't understand. Fuck them. Yeah, uh, we got, we'll we'll put on some uh, some old all Japan wrestling matches, sure. and we'll, I'll get you lit one day. Well, you no, know, hot like, box the, yeah, the, the we'll, apartment. We'll he won't know it. I feel like it won't take much. <laughs> One puff. No, probably. No, just, just maybe that much. In that's that's you've been saying about coming on an AEW show at some point, and we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Maybe lit WH. Lit WH. You don't need Kenny to get Omega. me lit to like watch have fun, dynamite. watch some dynamite, have some fun with it. <laughs> Well, you, we, we've mentioned we have you scheduled eventually down the line, maybe later this year for a best match ever, and you've selected Shibata, the right. wrestler. The wrestler. More headbutts. So we're, I'm super excited for that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, I always say that I think Japanese wrestling has this like weird, like, it, it makes it seem like it's a sport to me when I watch it. And some of the matches here tonight, like, it feels different than, than some of the stuff. If you're someone who watches like Raw and SmackDown WWE for your whole life, and you try watching something different, it's like a whole, like, what? Like it, you, you salivate like what could this be? So I, I highly recommend people to to check out stuff that might not be something you always watch. If if you know if I can make the analogy like professional wrestling in America and and Europe is meant to be hyper entertainment. Japanese wrestling is meant to be hyper real. Right, yeah. Right? So like they play up like WB's sports entertainment and it's true that's what it is I think it's a it's a very accurate and like I don't say it derisively it's a very accurate uh, you know like assessment of of American wrestling you know Japanese wrestling for the most part is sports that is entertaining because it's a sport I can completely get that um it feels like when going back to being at drama school I was a musical theatre kid, but I did, like, the straight acting course. And I had a lot of people in my class who hated musical theatre because it's quote-unquote fake. People don't do that. People don't break into song. That's American wrestling. Musical theatre. I still love it. It's still great. I And I can get superly emotionally invested in a musical theatre piece as much as I can a play. But a play, especially an intimate play can feel real and you feel like you're watching an actual conversation or an actual conflict between two people and that's I guess Japanese wrestling uh, for the most part yeah, yeah. there's yeah. some sports entertainment and then there's there. Toriano and then there's <laughs> there's fucking evil and fucking spitting Tama in the rough Tonga face and yeah. shit like that but you get the, the really good parts of Japanese wrestling are real yes I genuinely love Japanese wrestling way more than American wrestling. Like any of the stuff we New Japan's been in a bit of a slump lately, uh, and I know the news of Will Ospreay today with the the title and the sorry the Divas title. Uh, it it's unfortunate because you know you don't want to see someone get hurt and stuff like that. So I hope uh, Ospreay's all right. But it's like 
they've been in a weird thing. But the whole world is with the pandemic and yada, yada, yada. But uh, I want to do more Japanese yeah, wrestling podcasts. Sure. And I know you have some ideas uh, for, for shows down the line. I said we were going to be doing some stargazing here tonight. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, you got that in your in your pocket for stardom reviews. That's right. Uh, Thank you so much, W H Park, for joining us. Go check him out. What's your Twitter? At W H Park Nine, the number nine, and you can uh, hear all my wonderful takes about different wrestlers, both good and bad. That's right. Follow me, myself, Braden Harrington. I am on Twitter, Instagram, at the D. And you can find me at Davey Portman. And follow the Up Next, at Up Next Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, for all the updates of the shows and all that stuff. The Patreon.com slash Up Next for all the best matches ever, all the rivalries, and it was next, movie reviews. And uh, get yourself some nice teas for the summer. It's getting warmer right. here. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Up Next. We're going to have new merchandise up very, very soon. And if you're going to ProWrestlingTees.com, you got to go check out the Hannah Kamara stuff that they got up there, uh, that they put up last year. And they still have up there, I believe. So go check that out. Uh, pour one out. We love Hannah Kamara here at the BDE. So thank you for listening if you made it this far. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. All love. R.I.P. Hannah Kamara. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you... A little help never hurt, especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.